0: a simple question for James Harrison fans. Because at this point, if you're a James Harrison fan, you are not a Steeler fan. So my question is for you James Harrison fans, the Steelers went 13-3. and The defense set a single season team record four sacks with 56. T.J. Watt, Harrison's replacement, he had seven sacks. Under what pretense exactly should James Harrison have played more? Don't the results dictate if the decisions made were correct? Or do you just love your buddy Debo? Under what pretense should James Harrison have played more? I'm not expecting a logical answer because one doesn't exist. It's the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. Four one two three 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 WXDX is the number to call, or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter at MarkmanX. Under what pretense do you justify using James Harrison more this year with the Steelers? A- again, you can't come up with a logical answer. You just can't. The mistake made was letting Harrison go. Once he started causing trouble because he wasn't playing as much as he feels he was promised, they should have kept Harrison on the roster, kept paying him, but banned Harrison from the facility, sent him home, kept him from going to New England, because Harrison on New England has caused too much noise, too much commotion. Harrison got a couple of garbage-time sacks for New England against the Jets. Kind of like Rudy at the end of that game, at the end of the movie. Participation sacks. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Two sacks of a scrub quarterback on the last two plays of a 20-point win against a scrub team. Those sacks do not prove anything. Not one thing. People keep asking me, when are you going to stop talking about Harrison? Well, I'm not. This Harrison thing will not go away until the Steelers and Patriots play in the AFC championship game, and depending on how that game goes, it won't go away even then. Uh, There are a lot of other things to talk about as well. You can call me at 412-333-WXDX. I like that Steeler game. The win over the Browns. I liked watching the second string. 13-3 and is 13-3, and and now we wait and see. I'm disappointed that Baltimore choked and got beat by Cincinnati at Baltimore. And the Ravens missed the playoffs because the Ravens could have won their first-round matchup, and then giving New England a game. Buffalo and Tennessee are just cannon fodder. Ain't no doubt in my mind that the division round will pit Pittsburgh against Jacksonville and New England against Kansas City. Remember, rock, paper, scissors. Pittsburgh can't beat New England. New England can't beat Kansas City. Kansas City can't beat Pittsburgh. If there was ever a time for paper, rock, scissors to come through, it's this playoff for the sake of the Steelers. And then we got the Penguins. i got the feeling you're going to want to talk about the Penguins. 4-1 losers at Detroit, at Philadelphia tonight. Under true 500, three points out of the playoffs. It does not look good, and the Penguins do not look good. People keep waiting for the proverbial big trade, but I wouldn't do that if I were Jim Rutherford. I would start planning for next season, and whatever good happens this year is organic, mustered from within by a core, That's won the last two Stanley Cups, and the way things look now, it would be a happy accident. I'm not writing the season off, but I don't see a fix. I don't see a trade that fixes fatigue. I don't see a trade that fixes coming out flat. But winning at Philadelphia tonight would be good, because winning at Philadelphia is always good. I will be at the Double L Bar tonight in Millville. That's right on Grant Street, the main drag. Join me, Mark Madden, and let's watch the Penguins and Flyers tonight at the Double L Bar in Millville. Justin Schultz and Chris Letang were full participants in the game day skate and will be a game time decision tonight at the Wells Fargo Center. Tristan Jari will start in goal for the Penguins anyway back to the Steelers until you start calling about the Penguins which would be fine by me how about that win over Cleveland and how about Landry Jones throw me the ball Landry Jones Landry Jones 23 of 27 and he did pretty well despite losing B.J. Finney the center to an injury, and then Chris Hubbard played center where he hadn't played all year, and was rifling shotgun snaps all over the place. Landry well, had to have better hands than his receivers did. Twenty-three to twenty-seven, one and zero as a start of this season. There is your next starting quarterback here in Pittsburgh once Ben retires. Juju Smith-Schuster had a huge game. I'm going to talk to Matt Williamson, our football guru, at the bottom of the hour. Here's a good question about Juju. Can Juju Smith-Schuster be a number one receiver in the National Football League? What do you think? 4-1-2, 3-3-3, WXDX. New England, as expected, beat the Jets. So, no matter what... Resting Ben and Bell and Cam and them guys, uh, it was the right move. But it was still nice to win for the Steelers, and it was nice to see guys who don't play so much get a chance and do something with it. It's a shame James Harrison wasn't still with the Steelers. A meaningless game like that, Harrison might have got some snaps, maybe even a sack. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Mike Tomlin spoke to the media today. He said if the Steelers played this weekend, Antonio Brown would be questionable. But Tomlin added that AB is making progress. He said Finney would also be questionable with an ankle and a quad injury. I hope that guy's okay. He is a valuable, versatile component along that offensive line. Todd Haley... Fell. This statement by. Bert Lawton. The Steelers Director of Communications. Offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Was injured in a fall Sunday evening. Following week 17 game. We expect he will return to the office this week. To participate in preparations. For our upcoming playoff game. Let's see. Sunday was New Year's Eve right. Hey you know what. 13-3, arguably the best offensive football. If Coach Todd wants to get stuck into the hooch a little bit, who am I to say that's a bad thing? Uh, Here's some other coaching news. Arizona will be interviewing Mike Munchak, the offensive line coach, for their vacant head coaching job, made vacant by Bruce Arians, actually retiring this time. Uh. That would be, like I said, a big loss for the Steelers if Munchak left. I know that a coach like Munchak, who was formerly the head coach of Tennessee, don't forget, he's going to have ambition. I can't fault him for that. I think one thing history has shown is that Mike Munchak is the best offensive line coach in football, and that's his ceiling. I hope he goes to Arizona. I'm not sure it'll turn out any better than it did when he was head coach at Tennessee. Usually you don't say who you want to play in the playoffs. If you're going to buy in the first run, Ben Roethlisberger said today he wants to play Jacksonville again. He wants to prove that he's not the guy who threw five interceptions. Ben, I love you. I saw the game. That was you. Number seven. You you played, right? That was you. No, I know what he means. And uh, Ben would not let a rematch turn out any other way but good. I feel very comfortable in saying that. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I posted a blog. Well, you know, my writing is all James Harrison all the time. Uh, My layoff has ended at the Beaver County Times. I feel like I got called back to... To work a hard day to JNL, again after a brief layoff. So I had to call him about the whole Harrison debacle. And then I posted an accompanying blog on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com talking about some of the phone narratives that are out there trying to make James Harrison into the victim. That's the most confusing thing about the whole Harrison situation. Harrison handled everything horribly there were elements the Steelers handled badly as well. But there are a lot of people out there. Randy Bauman from the DVE Morning Show thinks it's a majority. A lot of people are supporting James Harrison over the Steelers. I don't get that at all. You got a bully, a jerk, a domestic abuser. Why would you support that piece of trash over a tried-and-true logo that has served this city that you've worshipped for so long. I don't get that, not even a little bit. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine. At the top of there, I'm going to tell you exactly what the Penguins' options are regarding change. There aren't nearly as many as you would think. 105.90X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Yada, 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 yada. You know what, Mark? I got hard time, and I was wondering if you give me some advice. Do you have any idea how dumb that sounds? VX at 105.9. Here's a great hockey story. A team in the KHL, which is primarily in Russia, but they have teams in some more far-flung regions. In this case, there's a team in Kazakhstan, like Borat. This team based in Kazakhstan did a ritual on the ice before a game where they slaughtered a live sheep and sprinkled the blood on the goal to give it magic. The crowd was in its seats, the players were on the ice, and they slaughtered a live sheep and sprinkled the blood on the goal. Sounds kind of gross. Gross. But, yo, if that would get the Penguins scoring, I'd buy the sheep and weld the knife. Yo, Sid, Joe Boo needs a refill. A a bunch of the players at that game in Kazakhstan, they threw up. The vomit was not sprinkled on the net. 412-333-9939 is the number to call up. I'm going to get to the options the Penguins have regarding making a deal, bigger otherwise. That'll be at the top of the hour. But I feel like X amount of people want me to be mad at the Penguins, to spit fire and brimstone like I would with the Steelers. I hear that a lot. Or like you would with the Pirates. I hear that a lot, too. But see, here's the difference. The Steelers didn't win the last two Super Bowls. And the Pirates haven't won a World Series since 1979. I'm disappointed in the Penguins, of course. But they are exhausted. It's not an excuse. It's the truth. That especially applies to Sid. After what Sid has accomplished, what? You think I'm going to jump down his throat? That's not going to happen. That would be fair weather and short sighted, and I am neither. I will say, the guys who left maybe helped more than I thought, and the guys who replaced them aren't very good. But I don't want the GM, Jim Rutherford, to make trades going short term on a long shot. Because that's what this season is right now for the Penguins, a long shot. If I'm Jim Rutherford, maybe I'm looking toward 2019 and not 2018. I I always hear, Rutherford's old. He might quit. He's going to do whatever he has to do to win this year. Well, I don't think Lemieux would let him destroy the franchise for years to come for the sake of winning this year. Also, Jim ain't that stupid. And Jim's not that old. He's not going to die or quit. In the next year. Hope not. I like his chances better than mine on almost every level. Uh, Daniel Sprong made his NHL season debut in the loss at Detroit. He was okay. He had six shots on goal. That's one thing that kick can do is generate shots. And even though some of the Penguins hockey people, might say that he cheats on the offensive side of the puck to do it. At this point, with the Penguins having so much trouble scoring goals, if that's the case, I say, so be it. But if Sprong's going to play with Riley Shane at center, he's got zero chance to live up to his billing in that spot. You're teaching Sprong to be a third liner. We got Matt Williamson up next to talk Stillers. Uh, besides uh, the nonstop James Harrison chatter, the other big debate about the Steelers is rust versus rest. Here are the big reasons why I'd prefer rest. Rest as in the buy versus rust as in uh, being off a couple weeks between games. If you wouldn't rather rest, then why does everybody want to buy so bad? You can't get hurt while you're resting and you can't get eliminated while you're resting it surprises me that the nfl hasn't put four teams from each conference in the playoffs as wild cards eight teams in each conference the division winners plus four wild cards and then uh, no buys in the first round same timetable more games more tv more money i'd at least put in three wild cards And then only the top team gets a bye. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Up next, talking football with Matt Williamson, our football guru. Got Stan Saverin later. Uh, I hate this weather for obvious reasons. But a big part is you, like, wear this weather. It gets all over you. You get residue of everything all over you, mostly salt. I got a brand-new red Ford Explorer from Schultz Ford late last week. Richard Bazzi is the Ford king, yo. And it is now just splattered with white. It looks kind of like the cloth I keep. Uh, okay, maybe that's just too much information. Matt Williamson next, 105.9. Next. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. You live by the ass, you die by the ass. Well, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on that subject. Wait a minute, prostitution's illegal? The X at 105.9. Double M on the X, joining me now for the best football analysis to be heard anywhere on the radio. He is the former NFL and college football scout, our football guru, Matt Williamson. Matt, Sunday in Hinesfield was meaningless, but Landry Jones was okay, wasn't he? Yeah, he really was. I mean, I know that he's, you know,
1: not the, the favorite guy of Steeler Nation. But, you know, when I worked at ESPN, every couple of years they made me do, well, maybe, but they, they I had to do an article ranking the 32 backups in the league. And if you just do that, you realize what a value somebody like him is. And, no, he's never going to the Pro Bowl. And But he can start games for you. He's familiar with the offense. He's surrounded by great players, and some great players were sitting. I think you can win games with Landry Jones, and I
0: thought that was the best he's looked in a Steeler uniform, which is really encouraging. Do you believe he's going to be the transition starter, that when Ben retires, they'll draft somebody, but Landry Jones will start until that guy's ready? I always thought no. I thought
1: he was always your left witch or your batch, and I think that's what he inevitably is. But watching that game, it certainly dawned on me that if Ben hangs it up this year and they use a first-round pick on a quarterback, maybe I could live with Landry Jones handing it to Bell and throwing the Brown behind
0: that line. I'm not sure A.B. could live with it. I'm not sure his numbers would be quite the same. Probably not, but, you know, Juju didn't mind. Well, that that brings me to my next point. <laughs> uh, Juju Smith-Schuster certainly had a huge day on Sunday nine catches, can Juju be a number one receiver in the NFL someday? What is his ceiling? Yeah, it's funny you ask me that
1: because I, I answered this question a little after the game somewhere else. I can't remember where. And when they drafted Juju, I kind of looked at him and thought, this guy is a high-quality number two. He's going to be a great complement to the guys they have in the room. He's not the tall, long, fast guy. He's not the little guy the different body type than what they had. Um, obviously, they had a very high grade on him to take a wide receiver in the second round. But to be frank, I didn't think he was as good as – I didn't think he'd be nearly this good. And even like the Detroit game, he broke free, and I kind of poo-pooed it a little bit and said, yeah, but he's not that fast. That'll probably never happen again. But he keeps making plays, and he's so young that there's so much good football in front of him I think, yeah. I think he could be a future number one. And when you think about him and Brown, is there going to be a better wide receiver
0: tandem in the league next year? And that doesn't bode well for Martavis Bryant in the long run, and maybe not even in the short run, right? Right. But, I mean, we know that the the
1: league is a high three wide receiver situation. Bryant's a free agent after next year. So, you know, I'm sure he'll play a similar role to what he does now, and injuries happen, and. It's nice to have three, and then he probably goes on his way after his contract
0: expires. The Steelers set a single-season team sack record with 56. What's the single biggest reason the Steelers sack total got pushed up this season? I don't want to pick one because it'll sound
1: really negative. Playing against really bad quarterbacks and offenses. (laughs) Okay, what's
0: the number two reason then?
1: Hayward. I mean, I think Hayward is a... By far, their best defensive player and pass rusher. He to me is the only guy that consistently wins one-on-one matchups. But a lot of it's scheme too, you know. I mean, guys like Hilton and Vince Williams contributing with with sacks. It's a good total group, and the sum of the parts. I'm probably saying this wrong, but I only see one or two really good pass rushers, and the edge
0: pass rush to me is worrisome. But it's been well, right? But they kind of switched up. away from the edge pass rush. Certainly is exclusively, right? Didn't the pass rush, and I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week, Matt, the pass rush became a bit more interior, didn't it? Yes, and I think that's a great way to go in today's NFL with quarterbacks
1: getting the ball out of their hands so quick. You know, it's fewer steps to push the pocket, and that certainly is a Brady factor. But I'm disappointed in Bud. You know, I think Bud should be giving you more. I rarely see him win one-on-one matchups. I'm impressed with TJ Watt, but they drop him in coverage a very high percentage of the time, which you could look at two ways. As first, he's pretty darn good coverage player as outside linebackers go, and it's working. Or, hey, we don't love your pass rush all that
0: much yet. <laughs> well maybe it's uh maybe it's six to one and half a dozen of the other. Uh the Steelers yeah. went thirteen to three, Matt, and got the number two seed. To me, that is you know, give or take twelve and four. That's exactly what I expected what say you yeah exactly I mean I did so many
1: preseason power ranks and things like that and in the big picture I had like many I I thought New England was heads above everybody in the AFC and heads above everybody in the NFL and I didn't think that the undefeated talk was crazy to say about the Patriots going into the season but I also thought that the Steelers absolutely stood alone as the next best team in the AFC And in a way, I'm 100% right, except for they're much closer to the Patriots and
0: maybe even better than the Patriots right now. Well, when you say better than the Patriots, I agree. I'm not sure that's going to translate into beating them. Right.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, if it's one day I trust Belichick and Brady more than I trust any combination in the league, but on the paper and how these teams are playing and... All those things, I think the Steelers are a better team right now than they are,
0: narrowly. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to translate. I agree with you on paper, right. but unfortunately I won't let them play it on paper. Uh, I right. was disappointed Baltimore didn't make the playoffs. I could have seen Baltimore winning in the first round and giving New England a game in the second. Now I feel like Jacksonville or Kansas City are locks in the wild card round.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, and I also think the same is true for the Chargers, that I thought Baltimore and L.A. could make for really interesting first-round games, maybe even beat a Steelers or a New England type. Um, I put something out on Twitter that that Buffalo at Jacksonville seems like a a London game, not a playoff
0: game. Yeah, it really does. Do you see any hope for either of those teams – Uh, Buffalo or Tennessee, I I just don't. Invent me a reason why one of those games could end in an upset, Matt.
1: Jacksonville's really come down to earth lately. Bortles has thrown five picks in the last two games. They're not running the ball nearly as well. So maybe, if McCoy McCoy doesn't play, I don't know if Buffalo scores ten points. Um, But that being said, if Buffalo were to win that game, I think they'd get blown out in the next round.
0: We're talking to Matt Williamson, our football guru. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. Uh, Matt, what's your take on James Harrison's two sacks for New England? Uh, He got the Rudy sacks at the end of the game, but you'd think he cured cancer. (laughs) Right,
1: and what people don't know, probably everyone recognized he got two sacks, and one of them was not a terrific play. It was more of a hustle play, cleanup sack type thing. Um, But he did play 50% of their snaps, you know, so I think that's noteworthy. I think he factors in for them for this playoff run. I think he'll play plenty, and it doesn't surprise me that he does win some one-on-one matchups in pass rush. You know, which is something we didn't really say about Bud
0: in Watt. Well, yeah, but Bud played the opposite side. I'm not so sure there was a way yeah. to juggle Harrison across at this point in his career. Yeah, I'm just
1: comparing him to the line back, the outside guys that the Steelers are playing with now. Not that I'd rather have him, or that you know, getting rid of him was not the right idea. But I do think there's some juice left in the tank, and if he meets the Steelers, I'm sure he's going to be jumping out of his skin.
0: I'm convinced the Steelers should not have cut Harrison, Matt. I'm not saying he should have played more, but I would not have let him go to New England. I'd have said, look, you're on the roster, you're getting paid, go home. You're done as a Steeler, but we're not letting you go anywhere else. Yeah,
1: and I guess you could have cut McCullers or somebody along those lines. I mean, somebody would have had to get the ax in order to make Yeah, but happen. I want
0: Harrison out of the locker room, too, Matt, in light of everything that, yeah. that's been found out since.
1: Right. I mean, that's what I was about to say was if he's disruptive and sleeping in meetings and not visiting Shazier and all those type of things, I don't want him in the building, period. And if that meant cutting him, so be it. But you kind of knew this would happen
0: if you cut him. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and yeah. you know, there's just so many small factors that added up over a long period of time. I'll give you another case in point, Matt. Joey Porter. Uh, excuse me. Joey Porter's not really a coach, he's a mascot, he's a cartoon character. How could he be expected to keep Harrison in line? Yeah, you're, you're
1: probably right on that. And, you know, he. I have some questions. Is it always the best policy to have great dealers as your assistant coaches i mean there's guys that work really hard i've seen that have worked their whole lives and have been you know ga's and done all the dirty work guys who are actually coaches right i mean that do that for a living as opposed to former players i can't comment what goes on behind the scenes with him but as a rule of thumb and a guy that kind of did it the hard way i don't usually am a big fan of just slap the former player with a coaching position
0: which team will be more upset-prone in the division round, Matt, Pittsburgh or New England? Because each will probably be playing a team that beat them earlier this year.
1: I think New England, just because I do think Andy Reid and that team sort of has New England's number to some degree. You know, we've seen that rock-paper-scissors things in the AFC. I mean, I'm going to pick the Steelers. I'm going to pick the Patriots no matter who they oh, play. Oh, yeah, me too, but... yeah. But if I have to pick one that's going to go down, probably New England, you know, just because it
0: would be the Chiefs. Kansas City started out 5 and 0, then lost 6 of 7, then won four straight to end the season. Where are the Chiefs at right now, Matt? Yeah, they're much better now. They, they they've adjusted really the Steelers caused problems
1: for them. That the Steelers with all their zone coverage at that time didn't bite on all the Uh, the motions and all the pre-snap stuff and the window dressing. And teams caught on after that and just kind of held their own, held their water, held their spots. And the the Chiefs went through some injuries at that point, too, and dried up for them. Well, I think Andy Reid has given up play-calling duties, and they've gotten back to more simple football and leaning on Kareem Hunt and their big-time players, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And it's working out well. I mean, they are a well-coached team. They're a dangerous team, but I still think they're substantially behind the two top teams in the AFC.
0: Jacksonville killed the Steelers back in Week 5, but I'm guessing Ben won't throw five interceptions maybe ever again. Absolutely. I mean, and when the game got out, a couple of
1: those were after the game got out of hand and everyone in the stadium knew he was throwing, and that's a terrible formula against that pass rush and that secondary. Um, But I thought the Steelers, D, held them in check most of the time before Fournette busted off a 90-yarder or whatever. And like I said, I mean, Bortles has really come back to earth. That offense is struggling quite a bit. And I do think that's the best defense in the league. But one thing about it is it's very execution-based. You know, they don't out-scheme you. You know what they're going to throw at you. And if if you scheme some things up with route combinations and whatnot, I think you can have some success. And Steelers protect well. Ben's playing way better now than he was then. That's the key. Not to mention, I think, of a lot more faith, like we said earlier, in Juju and Martavis and Vance McDonald and these type of guys too. So um, I would be shocked if Jacksonville comes into
0: that stadium and wins. It feels like Pittsburgh and New England are a lock, doesn't it, for the conference final? It does. And it's not as much fun,
1: but it's felt like that all year.
0: Yeah, you're right. It feels like we're killing time to get to that game, doesn't it? It does. And, yeah, there were some down times when the Steelers were
1: losing to the Chicago's or, you know, opening day when Kansas City beat up on the Patriots. But in the end, you know, the Kareen comes to the top, and these are the best two organizations. They're the most talented. They have the best two quarterbacks right now in the AFC. And they're well coached, and I think they're on a collision course. And we've seen this story a lot. And uh, for some reason, I think the Steelers have a better chance of winning that matchup now than I have in the past.
0: Could you imagine – what James Harrison mania will be like the week before the AFC final if the Steelers and Patriots play again.
1: Oh, man, you're 100% right. Or if he makes the game-winning sack or hurts Ben or somebody by accident or, you know, I mean, or if something big in a game happens like that. Or even not by absolutely. accident. <laughs> or even not by accident, absolutely. The one thing we haven't talked about is I'm still worried about Steelers' defense, though. I mean, just because they stopped the run against the Browns doesn't convince me that that
0: defense is... Good yeah, night. I agree with you, but it's good to see Hayden back, and I yes. think we see the glue element that he provides there where I really worry about him is in the middle because I think Vince Williams is being exposed as a guy who's okay if he's your second-best inside backer, but when he has to be the guy, it's not so good. Yeah, he's a 50% of the snaps type of guy, you
1: know, with, with the number two. You know, he's, he's not a lead singer. I mean, that's absolutely the truth. Um, the middle of the field really worries me, especially at the inside linebacker position. And to take it a step further, they're still allowing a lot of big plays. After not allowing big plays for the first, what, six weeks of the season, there's only two or three defenses that have allowed more long completions than the Steelers. And a guy that I don't think gets enough heat is, is Mike Mitchell. He hasn't made a play since the eighth grade pick. Oh, and he looked he terrible against Cleveland, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of their biggest offseason needs is a rangy free
0: safety. Matt, as always, great stuff. We'll do it again next week. All right, man. Take care. That is Matt Williamson. Great football analysis by that guy on this program every week. He's brought you by 84 Lumber, your hometown building partner since 1956. we got Stan Saver next hour. And at 4 o'clock, I'm going to tell you exactly what the Penguins' deal-making options are as we head into 2018. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9. I watched uh, the whole Oklahoma Georgia game yesterday. I'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. I I didn't watch the Alabama game. Alabama got a do over. Now they get to play for the national championship. I think that devalues the national championship when a team that got a do over might not win it. But you know what game I really enjoyed watching? Central Florida beat Auburn and don't forget Auburn beat Alabama Central Florida finished the season 13-0 that does not mean Central Florida should have been in the national championship playoff but it does mean Central Florida is legit if Central Florida had played in the SEC this season it might have gone 500 that's about as legit as I'm willing to go No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. The Oakland Raiders might bring John Gruden out of the broadcast booth to coach and give him equity in the franchise to do so. Ownership stake. Here's a guy that ain't coached since 2008 and has a very meager .540 lifetime winning percentage and is 5-4 in the playoffs. Wow. You want that guy that bad that you're willing to give him part ownership? Wow. I think the Raiders are hiring the TV personality and not the coach. Mike Tomlin's career winning percentage is 0.659. Gruden, 540. Tomlin, 659. The Raiders would probably give Tomlin majority ownership if he would come and coach. I can't stand Gruden on the air on ESPN. I switch immediately. I turned on the sound for Monday Night Football if I have to watch the game, if the Steelers play. You know who should replace Gruden on Monday Night Football? Peyton Manning. Seriously. He's a big name. He can talk. He knows the game. And everybody loves Peyton Manning. You know those commercials for extra gum? Is that what it's called? Where the guy draws the romantic cartoon on the gum wrapper and leaves it someplace where the woman could find it? What if she handed him back a cartoon she drew that is totally pornographic with monster-sized genitalia? I'm not sure that it's so gum. But it would be funny as heck. Uh, They named the U.S. Olympic team for hockey. No NHL players, don't forget. Ryan Malone didn't make it, so I won't watch. The U.S. team is 15 guys playing in Europe, four from the NCAA, three from the AHL, and Brian Gianta, who's not currently playing for anybody, former NHL player training with an AHL team. People aren't going to care about the Hockey Olympics. I won't. But don't blame the NHL, don't. The IOC wanted the NHL to disrupt its schedule, put its assets at risk, and pay for the privilege. Hurt the league and pay to do so. Pay the players way and get no logo exposure, none of the accoutrements. So don't blame the NHL. For international hockey, the World Cup of Hockey did the trick. The IOC is greedy and it paid the price. Maybe the NHL will play in China in 2022, but it shouldn't. Just keep doing the World Cup of Hockey. People will forget about NHL players in the Olympics. I'm Mark Madden. Penguin Talk next. All the options the Penguins have for changing their team and turning it around here in 2018. 105.9, X.